Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 28, and our focus for discussion will be paragraph 3 and 4 on page 28 today. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Christine M., the 12 Traditions, Penny L.C., Reading the text today and being of support is Gina R., Rocky I., and Mary H. The reference numbers for today, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 9852-9852. My apologies, I should have given you the number for today for 10 a.m. And that one actually for yesterday is 9849, the 10 a.m. share ID yesterday, the 18th, 9849. Hopefully I cleared that up. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Christine M. to please read the 12 steps. Yes, good morning, everyone. My name is Christine M., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Missouri. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service today, and I pass. Thank you, Christine M. I will now ask Penny L.C. to please read the Twelve Traditions. Yes, good morning, Melanie and everyone on the line. This is Penny L.C. from the state of Washington, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 
Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Penny L.C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery that's described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from that literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose asks us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted, and that would include those that are self-muting and getting ready to share because it does interfere with technology. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 28, focusing our study today on paragraphs 3 and 4. And I will ask Gina R. to begin our study. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. Thank you so much, Mel, and good morning, everybody. This is Gina R., recovered in Colorado. The distinguished American psychologist William James in his book, Varieties of Religious Experience, indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremony. There is no friction among us over such matters. We think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entirely personal affair which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such such memberships. Put my timer on. Again, this is Gina R. Recovered in Colorado. And this has been, for me, at this stage of my journey, a very freeing um, realization, not because I had any um, antagonistic attitude toward anybody about their their religious affiliations or spiritual um, experiences, but because of my own. I had, um, for many years, I think, lived in a pretty... Uh, ego-centered, focused uh, perception that I, quote-unquote, knew what I needed to know in order to do my life. And I really didn't need anybody else to um, tell me anything else. I was open to spiritual experiences, but pretty much if they were um, on my own terms and within a measure of control, And I now know um, through working these steps and understanding that my 
attempts at trying to control not only this aspect of my life, but many other aspects, including the food, that I really was doing myself and others a disservice. And I am very grateful and thankful that I am yielding um, what I think I can control, which is pretty much nothing. The only thing I really can control is my attitude and um, the way I choose to respond. With respect to the food, I am um, learning more and more and more that it uh, it is an honoring of my creator the way I choose to deal with my food. And if I am gorging myself without any um, thought or understanding of what I'm doing to myself or, or to others, I'm actually insulting my creator. And so... I have a very different view of this now. I see my creator as um, a being and even a person who is um, purposeful, meaningful, and benevolent versus what I had at the core of some very um, sick beliefs, which was there was no purpose for my life, there was no meaning for my life, and it was a malevolent, M-A-L-E-V-O-N, or how you spell that, malevolent force. It was not benevolent. But I know now that I serve a creator that is loving, and I'm very delighted to be in this space in my journey. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Who would like to comment on paragraph 3 and 4, page 28? Star 1. Kathleen Oh, hi, Kathleen O. Hi. Anybody else this morning want to comment on paragraph three and four? Gail B. Gail B. Thanks. Let's go with Kathleen O and Gail B. Hi, Kathleen. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Siri KB. Go ahead, Kathleen. Going. Okay, sorry. Um, so, let's see. I was just finishing walking my dog. I was going to hopefully not be the first person, so let me get my thoughts in order. <laughs> you want me to go to Gail B? <laughs> yeah, go to Gail B and come back to me. That would be great. Hey, Gail B, would you unmute star one, please? And we'll come back to Kathleen. Well, I did hear Sherry KB, too. Let's go to Sherry KB. (laughs) Sherry KB, star one. Sherry KB in Northern California. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I had a feeling it was going to be very quiet on the line today. So um, I just thought I'd jump in here. Okay, so... Here we go. What I want to talk about is that all the things that people are afraid to talk about, and that is is that we're here because, for me, we're here because I need to find a relationship greater with a power greater than myself. And I know how frightening that is for a lot of people. Um, and the bottom line is is that they said that this book was co-founded by Dr. Bob and Bill Smith, and that the uh, founder was a higher power. Um, that, you know, whatever religious background you are that I am, doesn't matter. What it, this is a spiritual program, and it's, it's based on spirituality. And for me, um, I could tell you page numbers to turn to. The first one that I think of is page 12, where Ebby tells Bill, you find your own conception of a higher power. That's the bottom line here, is that we have to get unblocked from our higher power and to be able to connect with that higher power. And for me, um, religion has nothing to do with it. It has to do with a, a direct relationship with a power greater than myself that I choose to call God. And I'm not here to tell you what kind of religion you should believe in. I'm just telling 
you, you need to find a power greater than yourself. And that whatever religious body you are, it doesn't matter. We're all here together, shoulder to shoulder, as one, one of our fellows says. You know, we're just here trudging the road of happy destiny and learning to stay on block so we can stay connected to a higher power. Rather than making the food our higher power, we're making a power greater than ourselves, greater in our lives. Um, if you read on page 287, if you look there, if you got your book, um, on page 287, I love what this um, story tells about. Um, let me get to it real quick. I hope I'm having the time here. Um, the idea that religion and spiritua spirituality were not one and the same was a new notion. My sponsor asked that I merely remain open-minded to the possibility that there is a power greater than myself, one of my own understanding. He assured me that no person was going to impose a belief system on me, that it was a personal matter. Reluctantly, I opened my mind to the fact that maybe, just maybe, there was something to the spiritual lifestyle. Slowly but surely, I realized that there was indeed <clears throat> a power greater than myself, and I soon found myself with a full-time God in my life and following a spiritual path that didn't conflict with my personal religious convictions. Following the spiritual path made a major difference in my life. It seemed to fill that lonely hole that I used to fill with food. My self-esteem improved dramatically, and I knew happiness and serenity as I had never known it before. I started to see the beauty and the usefulness in my own existence and tried to express my gratitude through helping others in whatever ways I could. A confidence and a faith centered on my life and unraveled a plan for me that was bigger and better than I could have ever imagined. Um, and, it, and then and we agnostics, it talks about finding a... Uh, Time. Every sign of us, thank you, is a higher power for our understanding. Please don't let this um, scare you because there is just a, a broad, roomy highway for all of us to be in this this fellowship. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Kathleen O, are you there? I am. Thank you, Melanie. <laughs> this, is, this is Kathleen O, gratefully recovered in Northern California. And we think it no concern of ours that what religious bodies or members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entirely personal affair. You know, when I, when I heard people say the word God, I would roll my eyes. Um, you know, maybe not in front of them, but in my head I was rolling my eyes and I had no tolerance for it. And one of the really wonderful parts of recovery for me is I don't do that anymore. Um, you know, I think there are probably as many um, unique definitions of God as there probably are people on these lines. And we can have religious affiliations or not. Uh, this works for religious people. It works for atheists. It works for agnostics. And all I had to do was just be willing to have a power in my life that was something other than me and form a relationship with that power. I went on so many crazy diets and did really, and it, some of them were drastic. So why wouldn't I be open-minded to try to bring a power greater than me into my life? That was much simpler than some of the crazy nutty things I did, and it wasn't hurting me physically. So it was really important for me to just be open-minded and, you know, act as if, which I did for a while, and just try to come up with a concept. And, and listening to vision, it was much easier for me to come up with my own concept of God. You know, today that, that really focuses a lot on truth and beauty and love. And, um, you know, all I know is when I came in, I was able to lose weight on my own, but I wasn't able to keep it off. And when I started listening to people who had, re, who had recovery, not only could I relate to them, I mean, they all talked about the same symptoms I had. I couldn't stop once I started. And when I would white knuckle a diet and finally stop, I couldn't stay stopped. I would always gain my weight back. And, and these people were happily not eating and keeping their weight off for long periods of time, years. And, uh, and they all had something in common. They all had a power greater than, than themselves. So basically, I just had to, you know, step one, come to terms with my powerlessness over people, places, and things, and particularly the food, 
and and I and, and to realize I did have a spiritual malady and all I had to do was get a concept of a higher power that works for me and today I rely on that power. I don't understand it's not a tangible thing. I don't know how it works sometimes, but I'll just say, you know, help me out here, God. And I know I'm always going to be okay. I'm always going to be safe and protected. I Things are going to work out because I have this power that I rely on. And as long as I keep a, a fit spiritual, stay in fit spiritual condition and stay in relationship with that power on a daily basis, I don't want to eat. And life is good. And thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Next is, is it Gail B or Dale? Is it G or a D? You're next. It's Dale B. Dale with it's a D. a D. Thank yeah. you. Um, Your turn. This, okay. This is Dale B, uh, recovered in Michigan. Um, in the reading today, if what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. And for me, um, I, I did have a relationship with a power greater than myself actually since childhood that um, I heard about it and I tried it out, uh, tried it well in desperation. I went to that higher power as a child and felt responded that the higher power heard me. And so as I, as I grew and changed in my life, there were times I was closer, times I wasn't. And when I look back and I came into the programs over 30 years ago, um, I can see my relationship with that power changing and growing and um, myself changing and growing. But the difference when I came into vision was I, as I started coming every day to meetings, I heard people who were every single day paying attention to a connection with a higher power, not as I had kind of maybe taken for granted that relationship that I had developed, was I heard the hope of absolutely surrendering the food problem to a power greater than myself and following some instructions about identifying what those foods are that, that I was really allergic to and having my food plan and setting that aside and then, I'm not setting the food plan aside, but that using that practice of having the food plan. Anyway, um, and then realizing that today is what I have and today is a day I need to pay attention to carefully observe to listen to what God is saying to me or my higher power and giving thoughtful consideration to what I hear in meetings, um, that that's what I'm asked to do, to absolutely be present and to listen. And so I hear direction from my higher power in, in many different ways um, during the day. And the relief and the freedom from um, fear of food, really, and the peace that I have now is just amazing. And, I, and um, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dale. Anyone else Jane? want to comment on? Did you uh, say Jane? Jane? Yeah, Hi, Jane. Jamie. Okay. Thank Hi. you. Sylvia. Sylvia. So, hi, Sylvia. Anybody else? Lisa LJ. Lisa LJ. Betty Wood. Deborah P. Betty Wood. Betty W. Betty W. Yes. Anybody else? Reggie O. O. Anybody else? Robin A. Robin A. Wendy M. And Wendy M. That's a good group. Thank you so much. Let's stop there, please. I have Jane B, Sylvia F, 
Lisa LJ, Deborah P, Betty W, Reggie O, Robin, I didn't catch your first initial, and Wendy M. Hi, Jane. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for your service. Um, I don't share that much, but I really love, I've been doing the work and um, coming around again and going through my fourth step again. And, um, you know, I, I've really come to understand, well, this particular paragraph, which is the one of, you know, a children of a living creator is, I mean, this whole paragraph is the re- the reason why I'm doing this big book. It's not just to stop eating. I've done that a million times. It's, it's the promise that this is going to be the most important point, in fact, in my life, is that God is going to do for me what I can't do for me. And the relationship that I build with God, of my understanding, and even the word God, you know, can be so open-ended, you know. So I'm not trying to convince anyone or anything. The book is convincing me, the work that we do. Um, I have to be convinced with my desire to see God. I've so much wanted um, a relationship with God, but it does. It's not coming just through study. It has to come through practice, and this daily practice of connecting and remembering God every day, because that's the answer to all my my problems. Food is, of course, not the problem. It's always the solution when I don't have any others. So this new solution, which has been around for God knows how long, we just have it. We have it right here in front of us, and um, so we don't have to be. We don't have to convince anyone. We just need to live this program in the best way and stop being know-it-alls. I don't know anything. I keep an open mind today. I keep my mind really broad-minded because. When you've been in program a long time, you start to think you know something more. And it really isn't about that. It's really about learning what I can learn new each and every day to grow spiritually. Because I don't have any answers. I and mean, the only answer I had was food. And, um, you know, this is the new solution. This is the solution. This is the promise of the big book that we will find a relationship that will solve all my problems. Now, my problems may not go away, but my relationship to my problems will be manageable so that I can deal with them and not fall apart at the seams, which I used to do. I completely fall apart into drama and and crisis and and chaos. So my life is very stable today and peaceful because um, I follow what, the best of my ability, I really follow what God wants me to do today, which is stay peaceful and, and, and be of service to him. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Jane. Sylvia S.? Melanie, this is Sylvia. Did you call on me? I did. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks. I was just unmuting. Good morning. Thank you, Melanie, for your service, and thank you for everyone for being here and uh, such a great morning meeting to start my day. In this paragraph, um, it, it repeats throughout the book for me that um, it qualify, it always qualifies, uh, and I love the terminology, it says, um, if, it always gives me this word throughout this book, if we have learned and felt and seen, means anything at all. It means that all of us, whatever race, creed, or color, are the children of living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon symbol simple and understandable terms. And they said, let's, let's not make too complicated a work of it. But it says, as soon as we are willing and honest to try, this is the theme throughout the book for me and throughout the, the program. If I'm willing, if, I, if, I, if anything that I've learned and felt and seen means anything, am I going to give it some credence? And am I willing and honest enough to try and that that's exactly that's exactly what it's been saying. It qualifies if are you going to be willing and honest to try um, throughout. And I've sponsored uh, I've sponsored people with pretty uh, so many religious denominations and affiliations, and it's just never made a difference. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a religious practice at all. 
um, there's nothing that comes out of this big book or um, the steps or um, the way that we sponsor, I sponsor, that it that um, that should be any kind of uh, infraction or offensive to any religion because this is a spiritual program. It's about us working through the steps to find a relationship with a power greater than ourselves, which we get to define. So, um, you know, so I love the simplicity of that. It's repeated throughout. And, you know, just on page 60, it says, you know, that we were alcoholic, could not manage our own lives, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, and that God could and would if he were sought. That's another if, if he were sought. And, um, yeah, and so it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I have to believe. It means that am I desperate enough to be willing and honest enough to try? If it doesn't work, no harm. I'm already, I'm already a mess. I'm already desperate. My life isn't going well. My body isn't going well. And I don't have much to lose. And this is a great time to practice faith. And with that, I will, I will uh, pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. Lisa LJ. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for your service, moderator. Um, you know, willing and honest, that for me is uh, the linchpin right there. Um, when I came into the program, I thought I was willing. I had tried everything. I was willing, but none of them worked because they didn't quite suit perfectly. I was looking for the perfect, easy way to get my life under control. And then um, I went through the steps with a regular OA sponsor and um, in my arrogance, because I had a, a very close relationship to my higher power, I decided I'm going to gloss over we agnostics. Well, I didn't, honestly, I didn't read it at all. Uh, I didn't think it applied to me. Um, and now as I've gone through again properly, it's become my favorite chapter of the book because not only for people who can't believe, but people who believe and have a veil between their higher power and them. And that was me. I had felt the presence of my higher power all through my life. But where the food came, I wasn't willing to give up the food. The food was a competing idol. It was the solution to my problems. When I felt unloved or I felt hurt or I felt pain, I ran into the food. I, I bypassed my higher power who was waiting there all along to, um, to, to help me. And I just went right to the food. I said, sorry, I need the food for this one. And it was the solution that landed me in the state that I was in when I came into the rooms. Um, but the book helped tear down the veil between me and my higher power, the steps. Um, it's it's like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. I have I have a deeper, more meaningful fellowship with my higher power. I let go the bag of bricks that I was dragging behind me um, of resentment and anger and fear. And I you know I know what Bill was talking about when he was catapulted into a different dimension. Um, Life is different. Yeah, the same, you know, stuff just gets you once in a while. Life on life's terms knocks you down. But you have a way to deal with it now that is that is freeing, that's peaceful. In the midst of the storm, there is total peace and serenity. And I'm so thankful for that. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa LJ. Deborah P., one sorry about that this is deborah p compulsive overeater um so when i first came into the program i had a higher power i i don't really call it religious because i i think that sounds a little bit derogatory but i definitely had a relationship with god and um i pretty much thought i, I was fine and i didn't need anything else but obviously I was in a state of desperation. I needed help. 
and I wasn't getting better from this compulsive problem. So, you know, when I came in, I think one of the, first of all, the beauty of the program, I think, is that everybody does, you know, accept each other just for who they are. I mean, what they, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe, doesn't matter your um, social economic status, doesn't really matter. You know, people are just not very judgmental. But I think one of the things I got out of it was that these steps are basically working what I should be doing in my spiritual program that I'm that I was already in. But people don't do that. Things like confession. You know, when people come and say, "Well, I'm a compulsive overeater," I mean, that alone is um, you feel free the minute you say that. You know, and um, you know things like you know. Talk about your resentment towards people. Um, you know, um, help others. And within some places, you know, like the church, like people don't really consciously do that. They just sort of, oh, well, I have this relationship with God and everything's fine. But um, but they don't actually work at it or come out and say, well, I've got this problem or, you know, um, I don't know. So I guess for me, it's just, it's actively working a program and having the relationship with God that um, has been life-changing for me. So, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah B. Betty W. Yes, Betty W. Can you hear me? I can. Hey, good morning. Uh, and thank you, Melanie, for leaving, leading the meeting and doing such service. Hi, this is Betty W., a recovered compulsive eater from Central New York. I'd like to focus on that phrase um, with, with what we heard today of whatever our race, creed, or color are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms. I never forced my religious beliefs, thank goodness, on anyone else. But I thought I did have strong uh, religious beliefs slash spirituality. But actually, after coming into uh, Voices, uh, a vision for you, um, I realized I had spiritual arthritis. And the reason I put it that way is that my persona slash ego and my spiritual path um, were really separate. I had a limited vision of my high or understanding of my higher power. Uh, I didn't think I could ask my higher power for help with my food, and I was still controlling uh, my food with, as other people have said, diets and, manip- and, and all kinds of mental manipulations, so that my um, spiritual beliefs were rigid and fixed, like arthritis does to my fingers and the rest of my body. And um, today, through a, a vision for you, I understand that and I really have an understanding by reading this book every day and, and this chapter is so full of wisdom and insight that um, uh, my God, my creator, is um, the director of my life. He's the director of my food and, and I ask him for directions every day um, to direct my days so that I can be of maximum service to him and to others um, that he puts in my path, if that be his will. And in order for my part in this, because it is a relationship, um, it's not just me asking my creator for help, it's um, me helping my creator, um, at least that's my belief system. It means that I, um, I have to care for myself um, to prevent this stiffening, this spiritual stiffening to occur. So that means I, I need to go to meetings, I need to share at meetings, I need to call my sponsor every day and call in my food and other loving people in the program and do daily service whenever I'm called to do that. And um, I'll just quickly add that yesterday I realized I was being selfish because I um, uh, was trying to manipulate the time that I call my sponsor. And I realized that she's giving me her help every day and I have no business doing that. And so I was really glad that God called me on that and that I was able to apologize to her. Um, because I need to recognize I'm not the center of the universe, and um, I need to check those um, character defects that I have each night and each day. And I'm so grateful for this meeting. I've learned so much from it. And with that, I share. Thank you. 
Thank you, Betty W. Reggie O, you're next, star one. Hi, Sylvia. Yeah, it took me a little while to, um, to uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Melanie. Um, so thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm a grateful recovered uh, compulsive eater in the Los Angeles area, and it's really been great hearing everyone share this morning. I just want to make sure I'm being heard, am I? You are. Okay, great. Um, boy, <clears throat> you know, it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm continually amazed and grateful that, you know, we read this paragraph by paragraph and how much there is in every single paragraph and line in this book uh, when, we're, when we're all coming at this together and sharing. Um, uh, children of a living creator with who we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. And, you know, that brings, just that, that alone brings up so much for me, like, Reggie, are you there? Okay, I can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, sorry about that. Um, so the relationship, you know, I was what came to me while I was sitting here listening to people is, you know, God, uh, God, higher power. Um, has a relationship with me all the time. You know, God is in relationship with me all the time. And what this, you know, what I do here, and I think what we do here is is find a way to have a relationship with God, um, a different relationship with God. And, you know, I, my, my relationship with God when I'm not, when I'm, you know, when I'm not in recovery, when I'm in the food, and as I've said that before, is an intellectual relationship, you know, and it's like, it's, it's it's just so different and now my relationship with god is growing more and more to be an experience and i was thinking about that you know it's like you know talk about vital spiritual experiences we talked about on the page before you know that's the that's what that's what releases us from the mental obsession and um so I, I get to have an experience of God, which means I feel God. I, you know, I get to hear the messages more and more as I clear out more and more. And, you know, that is the purpose of this book. I don't know. I think I stated in We Agnostics, you know, the purpose of this book is to find that power. But we start, God, spiritual experience, higher power is spoken of deeply in every single chapter in this book. I've, I've gone back and looked there, and it's really amazing, you know, so it's um, so there's that and willing and honest enough to try going back to step one you know it start started for me to get willing and honest enough to try I have to I have to first get honest that I've been powerless over food no matter what I've tried that I've not been able to stop my compulsive eating you know no matter what that's the first step in honesty because that opens up the way that that opens up the way then for me to open up to an experience of God and it's just a beautiful perfect design that grows and uh, that just grows and continues and um, I'll pass. Thank you, Reggie O. Robin, you're next. Star one. Yeah. Hi, this is Robin A. from Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, I want to, uh, first of all, thank everyone for through this program and Listening to recorded messages, I finally have recovery. And um, when I came into the rooms eight years ago, I had no, uh, I had no real inkling of God. I was raised in a non-religious home, and uh, when they mentioned it in the rooms, the little hairs on the back of my neck would bristle. But um, I kept seeing the recovery. I kept seeing people, and they acted this and. You know, take what you want, leave the rest. And, um, you know, through working the program and listening to all you wonderful recovered people and vision for you, um, I've found it. And uh, I'm hanging on to it like a life preserver. And um, I I cannot be more grateful. And um, God is with me every day. It's my God. It's somebody else's God. Um, And uh, although I'll share and um, I, I just, I just want everyone to know how grateful I am, and um, 
Thank you very much. A vision for you and all you, uh, all the service you all do. And um, cannot wait to meet some of you guys in September. So uh, have a great day and thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Robin A. Wendy M., you're next. Star one? Uh, yes, good morning. Yeah, it's Wendy M., uh, Recovering Colorado. Um, and grateful to be on the line. Thank you, Melanie, for your service today. Um, oh, boy, so it's time to be honest because it says willing and honest. Um, it says here we have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. Well, 11 months ago when I got in, when, when I um, got, you know, directed by Vision for You, I was taken by a sponsor that way. Um, boy, did I have the answer. And I would go into the room and I would get really confused because I thought everybody should do what I'm doing. And I didn't understand why, why there were people that didn't want to do what I was doing because what I was doing was the way. It wasn't a way. It was the way. And, um, and I, you know, people didn't want what I had. <laughs> Maybe a few people did. But, you know, there were people, they didn't want what I had because I was going into those rooms right, saying there's only one way to God. And um, it's only been recently, maybe the last month or two, when I've really, my heart has softened, my head has gotten quiet, and I see that there's many ways to God, not only this way. Um, you know, I, I still secretly hope everybody in the rooms wants to follow me and to a vision for you because isn't it working for me, don't you know? Um, but the the point being is that I come from a history of my way is the right way. And um, I grew up in a family um, where we had a lot of religious bias. Um, you know, we're better, they're weak. Um, even within, I grew up in Los Angeles, and my mother taught me that um, even within the Jewish communities, right, so that we city Jews were better than the valley Jews. Um, you know, that's the kind of prejudice that I grew up with. And it was very childish. It was very small thinking. Um, I didn't know what open thinking or set aside meant at all. Um, and the thing was, for me, it was, yeah, it was so childish. It was just this deep ingrained belief. Um, not only was my way right, it had to be right. Um, and I couldn't afford it to be wrong. And my life depended on my way. Um, and, you know, today it's different. Today, you know, my heart softens and somebody says, how about that set-aside prayer that says, you don't know what you don't know. You don't even know what you don't know with this issue. Um, and I have to say the other day my son and I went to like an Easter event. And, you know, it was great because I got to be uncomfortable and I got to experience myself saying, oh, look at that. You know, I sort of did an inventory it was like many ways to God, many ways to God, many ways to God. And I got to feel and see how uncomfortable I am with difference. And um, this program tells me I ain't have to be perfect. It just says, okay, it just says open up your eyes and, and do some inventory and listen to God. Thanks so much for letting me, uh, and I pass. Thank you, Wendy. Uh, we have time before we close for one two-minute share. Who would like to take that? Jeannie S. Hi, Jeannie S. It's yours. We'll close out with Jeannie S. this morning. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have a timer, so just let me know. My name is okay. Jeannie S. I'm a, a compulsive reader from New York. I have a lot of connection to this part of the book. I really treasure it because for me, when I came into the rooms, I didn't, I believe that there was a power greater than myself. I just didn't think it was personal. And somebody asked me, the person who brought me into the rooms, asked me if I was willing to believe it was personal. And I said no, because I didn't think it was true. And then she asked me if I was willing to be willing. And that was the best question any, I think anybody's ever asked me in my life. Because it, it was a different question. It was, are you willing to have an open mind? Are you willing to consider that maybe you're coming to the wrong conclusion. And one of the things I treasure about, so then I was a person with a question instead of an opinion. And one of the things I treasure about about the program is the fact that 
is that it is non-denominational for real. And I'm Jewish. And when I got to the rooms, if I had thought it was a Christian program, I wouldn't have stayed and I'd probably be dead today. And I was started reading uh, As Bill Sees It just from the beginning because I realized I never actually read everything in there. And I got to the part where he's, he, he himself starts talking, I think it was from the grapevine. And he says that, you know, if it, you know, if Christians came into to Alcoholics Anonymous and it was a Buddhist program, they would they would have no recourse but to turn their face to the wall and die, you know. And it's like I think for the 1930s, you know, there was no New Age movement. I think it was very forward thinking for them to create a spiritual program that was not a religious program. And it's I I. It never, it always boggles my mind and it allowed me to be able to, even though I wasn't connected to my, the religion that, you know, to the Jewish religion at that time, now I'm very connected, but at that time I wasn't. And, but it allowed me the freedom to be able to come into the rooms and explore and search. You know, it says God couldn't, what if he were thought in terms of relieving our alcoholism and I once heard a speaker say, it doesn't say God can and might if you can find him. And it's, it's, we are required in this program if we want to, you know, get recovered to seek some kind of relationship with a power greater than ourselves, however we choose to define it. And, and I just treasure that. I, I'm very grateful for it. And I'm very, I'm a very uh, passionate protector of that because I know that I probably wouldn't be on this planet today if if that had not been the case. Thank you. Thanks, Jeannie S. Appreciate it very much. And that does conclude our meeting today, and I thank everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. And please stay with us because we, upon conclusion of the serenity prayer, we will greet newcomers and gather sponsor information. Rocky, I would you please read page 164? The book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, certainly. Good morning, Rocky. I recover in Tempe, Arizona. Our our book is meant to be suggestive only. We only we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who feels sick. The answers will come if your own health is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you have not got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to yourselves. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give away, give freely, Sorry. Give freely of what you have signed and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.